listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth. And Seth has something for us. This is special. Well, I was going to wait and do it later, but ladies and gentlemen, happy Jewish New Year. So, uh, Rob, we are recording here today in... Seth's new digs. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I moved in... The day of the Jewish New Year. I didn't celebrate the Jewish New Year this year, but I moved on. No, because the, the move New Year. was a nightmare. You didn't celebrate anything. I don't know if it was a nightmare. It was a celebration in a lot of ways. Seth likes to save money, so he bought this huge couch oh, without measuring the new place. So we dragged ass like 30 miles north of Atlanta, and I went out there to get it for him. And it was a pain in the ass. I hit, hurt my back, not lifting it, but lowering it to get it down that staircase. Busted, bought, busted ass, and we get it here. It doesn't even fit in, and now you got to sell it. So no. So then I go ahead and say, "What am I fucking doing? Waiting?" Seth, like, you're always trying, trying to save money. And you end anyway, up spending more. So I, where's Adam Carolla? Oh my god! So it's an I, Adam Carolla lesson here. <clears throat> so I go ahead and I, um, <laughs> I hire movers the next day. They can't get the couch in, but they got the washing machine, dryer, and all the other stuff that Rob and I were going to schlep. And I don't know what I was thinking, by the way. I, I don't schlep. I'm thinking I don't have a place to stay next Friday and Saturday. I don't know if I could fit on the little part of the couch that's in there. That Hopefully I sell it. And if folks, it's $650 is the lowest I can go on it. So give us a call. Um, all right. Enough of this move and all that One stuff. One of the people we interview in this episode has a name very similar to our sponsor, Robert Polay. And big thanks to Polay and Clark Financial Accounting Firm out of Atlanta, Georgia. The fine, fine folks of Polay and Clark. Yeah, I haven't spoken with Robert in a while. There's a reason for that. Oh no! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! What did I do? Oh my God! Is it the divorce? You didn't look at Melissa McCarthy in her face when she was next to you. Oh my God! But we uh, interviewed Justin Prey and um, <clears throat> Ulysses Bella of Ozil Motley. Ozil Motley, excuse me. Ozil Motley, eh? Ozil Rob Turner, you're gonna go with Ozil Motley, eh? It's funny. I call I call him Yuli, and he he seemed to think people. He seemed to not be. Unfamiliar with that, but he's online as Yuri a lot, but great, no, great better, guy. Better than him being called Eula G. But a couple quick things before we get on to the episode. I'll talk about personal crap in the outro as usual, but I want to give a shout out. There's this uh, singer-songwriter, kind of indie pop, kind of an adventurous indie pop, synth pop songwriter from Australia who now lives in New York named Alex Cameron. And his saxophone player, Roy Malloy who also is his business partner, was uh, over by Rockaway Beach. And he heard a family in peril, screaming, and their kid was in the water having a hard time swimming and looked like it was about to drown. And this guy jumped, just dropped everything, jumped in the water, went after the kid. I'm just such a fan of real courage. You know what I mean? There's so much BS courage in the world. That's why I have so much respect for military people. I just got in a huge argument with a friend of mine who takes out wars he doesn't think we should have fought on the people who fought them which is stupid you know you don't take out anger on the leaders on the people people who go to war people who save lives are courageous you don't take out anger on the leaders of the people you don't take out anger on the people who actually go to fight the war Uh, it's called misdirected anger misdirected anger is a huge problem in this country but anyways shout out to Roy Malloy for for having what a name Roy Malloy Roy Malloy on saxophone Um, and I also wanted to mention I'm getting sick of clickbait. There's this really cool show um, called The Strombo Show. Hey, Rob. Yes? Stop looking at porn on your computer and you'll have less clickbait. Oh, that's funny. Um, The Strombo Show. And they had the remaining members of um, 
you know, Ad Rock and Mike D from from Beastie Boys on. And Eminem just put out this album, Kamikaze, that's very similar to the first, very similar art to the first Beastie Boys album. And they put out this thing that, you know, M did not ask him about mimicking License to Ill for his cover art. When they make it sound like a controversy, when you really listen to it, they're actually kind of honored and they like the guy and they have no problem with it whatsoever. I hate that. But he, but in order to get people, that's one thing we don't, I don't want us to do that. And I don't think we've ever done that yet, do we? We don't like do clickbait to try to get people to listen for something more salacious than one is actually on our episodes, do we? I mean, occasionally we'll we'll put something out like Jennifer Hartswick saying on Facebook, something like, that the and then Trey said, and then dot, dot, dot. No, I'm just kidding. We don't do that. No, Rob, we don't. Can I, you mentioned Jennifer, you know, there was one question there I got some hell for about Aretha Franklin, and I didn't mean to assume that she was mimicking Aretha Franklin, but sometimes singers say, <laughs> I'm going to do it. You know, bands will say, let's do a Santana thing there. Let's do it. Not to mimic them, but in that kind of spirit. So I wanted to defend myself because a lot of people came down on me hard for that question. Checking in with Jennifer Hart, so check it out. Nexus is out. Nexus is out. So the two two of your closest friends are giving you shit. No, once again, no. I haven't talked to Dave in forever, and I don't talk to Wobble that much. Why do you keep going back to the same thing? Do you understand that's boring to the listener if you go back to the same freaking thing? You talk about listeners communicating to us, and they never do unless they go on to Inside Out. Or unless I'm out there. WTNS at gmail.com. Unless I'm out there with the people I chose. Oh, you you know, Rob has been putting up Doing fires and grassroots, and I talk to people, and I run into people who listen to the show, which is actually very much of an honor. I'm not going to gloss over that. But he won't say your names because he doesn't want to get them wrong. <laughs> and I, know, I, I just, I'm not saying it's a lot of people. At the Trey show at Sweetwater a year and a half ago, it was a lot of people. That shocked me. That was a year and a half ago, and I had people coming up to me and saying, Are you the guy who does a show with that asshole? <laughs> because, because we're at Terminal West, and, and hearing that train just makes us think how he always just derails you when you're about to say something, Rob. One more thing, we'll get to Ozumotli. I ran into T Dog. Ozumotli. T Dog's big Christmas spectacular will be at a Variety Playhouse this year. He did get Peter Rowan, and I already started angling with him to get our room in the back there. We're not doing a room. Did I not? T- we haven't talked about this, Rob, but um, we have a, a friend who has got a um, studio right next door, and I'm thinking Beautiful. about maybe setting up a little private thing. Oh, that's where right. We do the studio. You mentioned that for other things. Yeah. Spencer Garn, he's got the studio right there. So what we're talking about, we got to dial in. T dog, and by the way, obviously, folks, you can see that Rob and I don't communicate well. Uh, well, we never see each other. We don't anymore. That actually kind of good for the show, though, because a lot of times what we talk about is fresh. You know what I mean? Well, this like is like really with Howard fresh. Stern, Waffle Zero, um, the, the the formerly great Howard Stern, who's still and that's pretty Jefferson good. Jefferson Waffle, the lighting designer of Humphreys McGee. For those uh, who don't know, um, Sal, he'll save everything for the air. He'll come in, and people will be like, come up to him and say, start to tell him something happened. He'll be like, no, 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 save it for the air, save it for the air. Hey, there's something to be said for the genuine reactions on the air. You don't want to like read all the time, like a relics podcast or something. You know, you want to have a conversation and some spontaneity. And so, on that note, though, Rob, we're thinking about setting up a backline in that studio and then having some performance and be a very performance based type thing. Let's get on Ozone Wally. Well, can we start by saying how cool? Can I paint the picture of what show this was? Go ahead. All right, so folks, this was... Just don't give away our ideas. I have a really good idea revolving that, and you just kind of alluded to that. So we'll delete it. I can I can delete stuff. And you're listening to the Osiris Podcast Network. So now we'll start there, and then no one will know the difference. Then again, the other podcasts, people don't listen to us, though, I don't think. Why so. would they listen to us? I don't know, because we're no, good. Sometimes we're good. I mean, listen. I mean, I listen to... We're Mark. natural. This is natural. Oh, you're a natural woman. So, <laughs> speaking of Aretha, so... <laughs> Carol King wrote it, though. So the cool thing about Ozo is that they sometimes do a children's tour, or sorry, children's show, kids show, 
around the adult show. So right. they do in the afternoon, they do a kid show, and then they have the adult show that night. So as a parent, it's a lot of fun to go to a kid show at a venue that you frequent, you know? And the first part of this interview, Daryl joins us, which I think Daryl... Daryl's my son. Daryl's Seth's son. He was, uh, who he looks was four more like at the me. time. Um, he was four at the time. But he... Didn't they do a song that he... Oh, so they did this, like, at during their set, they did a song where they, like, called out stuff and they, like, made things up. And they kept playing with him about it, like throughout the day. So we allude to that. And we allude to a couple other things in the interview. I first saw Rosa Motley in the Santana tour that we talked about in the interview in '99, uh-huh. and um, quickly fell for him. I remember seeing them. I allude to this too a couple years later, and they came out into the audience, and it was just crazy awesome. Their shows are always such great energy, high high energy, and you know they're and I, just their consciousness is so it's such a clear consciousness. You know what I mean by that? I, I mean, I got a really good vibe off these people. Really, really kind people. Did you check out the TED Talks they did, though? Not yet. No. Oh, you got to. It's fantastic. I didn't bring that talk up too much, but um, it's really cool. And it, 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 Go ahead. Pause the episode. Go to YouTube. Well, no. After you listen oh, to the yeah, interview right, and then right. go to it. But um, <laughs> I also wanted to point out that on we're just um, we've just passed the, what would it be, 15th anniversary? 17th anniversary of 9-11. And um, how would time go? Ozan Motley released an album called Embrace the Chaos on 9-11 on what would become a tragic day. And they were just revisiting that online and talking with some of their fans who saw them shortly after. And I was, they really have loyal fans. And much like Schleho did for me here in Atlanta, Ozo Motley. Schleho. Yeah, they came. They played down here. Right. They were the first band I saw after 9-11. I didn't leave the house for like except for groceries for like a week. I was pretty whacked out. And then I saw Schleho and they they brought me back that that makes sense though, because Schleho was coming to Tallahassee a couple days later right but that and next, they're from New York so they were the freaked 12th, out on the 12th I had Jeff Coffin the Mutet with um that was like this first time doing that tour and I actually had money on that show and I was like oh my god what am I gonna do <laughs> so there's an incident but that was that was it was I was it was so eerie though just like because there was that vibe of like you know, someone like Jeff Coffin, uh, saxophone player, for those that don't know, that's currently with Dave Matthews, also was with Bela Fleck, and is currently with Bela Fleck as well. But uh, Jeff shows up, and we're like, what do we do? Like, do we play? Do we cancel it? And it's like, well, right now people need, like, they need it. And it was just like, I mean, obviously the show didn't do well that night, but but it was this, like, it was this thing as, as a musician, he's looking and like, what do, what do we do? Like, is it appropriate right. to play? Do and people it, need it? Is or? it mandatory? <laughs> is, it, people, is, it, is it my duty to perform? Or am I being callous and disrespectful if I so perform? Very was, tough. I don't know if young people understand that even to us old jaded people at the time, it was, um, it was just life-consuming, that event. And even being down here in Atlanta... But uh, having had so much history in New York, I mean, it, I remember just being completely floored and freaked out. Where and you know the t- other great albums? U2's album, the one with Walk On, came out that day. Jameer Bob Quay's Dylan, album Love was and supposed Theft. to come out that time, too. Bob Dylan's Love and Theft, which had um, a Lonesome Day Blues, and I was alone all that day mm. in that song. Were you with Jennifer at the time? Uh, no, we had already broken up, so... Uh. Yeah. It well, was on that note. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but that that was pretty cool. We talk about a bunch of their other career. They have a, a, a new CD out, Nonstop to Jamaica. What, what, what you're going to hear is um, instrumental versions of those songs because um, my engineer, Josh, likes Josh Thane. Thank you so much. 
He, he just texted us and wants to know if we finished. The, yeah. <laughs> We're working on it, buddy. But he doesn't like to do fades with uh, voices and stuff like that. So instrumental seemed ideal. And also uh, what the, what I chose from the album worked. But we have Volver, Volver to lead off the songs at the end. And then we have some live stuff for, from them at the end. But in the meantime, while Seth looks at the phone, we're going to take you to our Ozo Motley interview. We are backstage at the Variety Playhouse with, with Uli Bella. Hello. And Justin Poiré. Oh, yeah. And our primary sponsor is Pole Clark, so it's nice to have Pole. a Poiré on here. Pole and Poiré. And they're from Ozil Motley, and we also have a very, very, very special guest, a man with a podcast of his own, Mr. Daryl Weiner. Say hi, D. Hi. And he's wearing, he's, he was smart. He wore my favorite team's hat. He's got a Boston Bruins hat on. Good move, Daryl. And welcome. So Ozo Motley just did the Ozo Kids show here at the Variety Playhouse here in the afternoon. And Daryl, you got a chance to see them perform. And um, you've got two of the members here. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what you thought of the show. Let's start with that. The show was pretty, pretty, pretty good. (laughs) What was was your favorite part of the show? Um... The balloons. The balloons. The best part. What about what about when we made a song out of your favorite song? I don't know. I don't care. When we created a song, that was amazing. We recreated a song with you guys. Yeah, that? man. I don't know. Yeah. I don't care. And you playing? You got a kazoo. Yeah, you so got a kazoo. That, balloons. Cool. Well, real quick, it's interesting to note that although this is a recent thing for you, going back to the '90s, you guys are doing outreach programs for kids, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I mean yeah. th- that element is not a new thing. Yeah, and 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 since most, uh, pretty much the whole band kind of came out of uh, like public school music systems, we're, we've always been big supporters of like music education in public schools, access to instruments for kids, because there's a whole you know um, there'll be places uh, we we were just doing a thing called Turnaround Arts in California with. Um, um, all these amazing artists, and we got uh, assigned a school, and, and it's crazy how talented these kids are. But then, how unfortunately sometimes they have to leave the community for the resources they need to like at least progress. You know, I also feel like there was a time where I saw you guys when toward the end of the show you invited kids on the adult show. You invited oh, yeah. kids on stage during that. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we do that quite a bit at the end of adult shows. Sometimes if there's kids in the crowds, we'll, we'll, we'll have them jump up on that, stage. One time we played in Australia and 
I invited the whole crowd on the stage. <laughs> oh, All yeah. the kids. Unfortunately, nothing stage, went wrong. Yeah. The stage couldn't really hold yeah. 200 kids. <laughs> oh. But it held up. But yeah, the stage it did. Was, it was, it was, we were about to about just. To, it was about to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were a little. It was a little sketchy. But, but we, it was we, fun. Yeah. Have the kids ever damaged equipment? No. 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 Because that big drum looked vulnerable. No. We're, we're usually trying to be... We're really paranoid about, like, having a kid bump into anything, really. So, And uh, usually when we do the balloon drop, that's when all the chaos just starts, yes. you know, anyway. so How many balloons did you get, Daryl? <laughs> Two, but I gave one to Daddy. Oh, that's, oh, cool. that's cool. Very, that's cool. very nice that's of you. Cool. So very now, nice Daryl, you. You, you play instruments, don't you? Yes. Now, you have two really amazing musicians in front of you. What kind of questions might you want to ask them about their instruments? By, by the way, for you guys, he plays cello. Oh, right. Oh, That's a very cool oh, instrument. My favorite instrument. It's a very nice instrument. What, what questions do you have for them about their instruments? Um, um, what, what are some of the guitars called? Oh, we got all... That's an interesting question because we do have... Um, unusual guitars on stage compared to most bands. We have like a regular guitar, electric guitar, but we also have an electric tres, which is like a. It it, it comes from Cuba actually, and then we also have a, a requinto jarocho, which comes from southern Mexico, and it looks like a kind of like a ukulele, but it's a little different. So we have a, a lot of different guitars. We also have a bass guitar too. It's really important. Can you tell us what the Yo-Yo Gaba tour was and how that uh, was a precursor to this? Oh, well, Yo Gabba Gabba is like a, was a pretty big kid oh, Yo Gabba Gabba Yeah, is? yeah, Yo Gabba Gabba. I'm Gabba, sorry, Gabba. sorry. But uh, uh, we did, we opened up, we did a couple of those shows, and then it kind of... It kind what, of is, what is that? It's a kid's show, and I mean... They, they had, um... If you were... If, you know what Yo Gabba Gabba is? Yeah, what, yeah, What's the yeah, DJ? Yeah. What's it's the DJ uh, that was in it? Oh, Lance Rock. It's, yeah. it's, oh, it's a kid's uh, show. Yeah, MC. yeah. But you know, CID Entertainment used to do, or still does, the, the whole tour with them. Well, what's, and what's, the, all those... Uh, they, so they do like a VIP thing for kids. Oh my oh, Biz gosh! Markey, Biz Markey was on. It was always on. It. Yeah. They had, they had yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. They had like everyone. All kinds on of bands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they had a lot of bands to, to get to do guest appearances. Is, right? is this still happening? I don't know. No, Honestly, they, they I, think do I, I think it's over. I think it's over. Yeah. They were the hip cools. They were the. Yeah. You know how like there's always the thing. The you know. They but were actually really good. They, they were really good. Yeah. Anyway, we 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 were the special musical guests, super music group guests, whatever. And uh, that between that and just knowing that um, you know a lot of our fans have kids and stuff like that, we wanted to create music that the subject matter was cool for kids, but then that the music self, the music itself had a quality that was good enough for adults to groove on, you know. And Chango, that's another song that kids like. And was that another thing, the feedback about Chango, that would lead to this? Um, that song we used to play it just at schools and stuff like that. Anyway, right, Justin? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah those songs were already kind of like in our set and worked for kids. Yeah. So right, right. But I mean that the that the fact that you had heard about how many kids love that wasn't yeah. that yeah that's, was, that's what I was getting. It was at. kind of yeah for sure. It was like it was easy and no brainer to include yeah. it too. Yeah, awesome. I think as as we've gotten older, um, I mean we we have kids ourselves and a lot of the parents who were coming to our shows when they're in our, their twenties, obviously they can't come to a show at nine PM because they have kids. Right. So we, we thought, well, why not have a show for the adult, for the parents and the kids, and you know try to incorporate. 
Corey Which is great because now you don't have to put me on the guest list. You have one more spot tonight. <laughs> there <laughs> well, you go. What was your question, Daryl? Do you have any any kids? Justin does. I do. I have a uh, one and a half year old at home. Not sleeping very much. <laughs> do you think he plays uh, percussion with him? Hmm? Yeah, he does. He play. He, he plays. He play. He likes to play drums. I have a, a ton of drums in one room, and he goes in there and he goes to town. He's got a lot of energy, and I, I imagine he's going to be an entertainer one day. Yes. Does he like running? Oh, my gosh. He loves running. He loves it. He just started walking about a month ago, but he's, he's getting the running down. He start, he's learning how to walk backwards now. I'm a rock that's like, star. That's his new thing. I want to come do the interview. Nah. Hey, can I be in the interview? Do you want to ask him something? Who's walking in the door? First, I want you to ask that. Who is that? Can I be in the interview? Yes. Okay. I, you know, I was outside, and I was feeling really jealous of uh, Justin and Uli here that they were being interviewed by you, and I wasn't. So I'd really, <laughs> I'd really appreciate it if you let me be in the interview as well. Tell, tell our listeners who you are. Oh, my name's Will Dog. Right on. Welcome, Will Dog. Thank what do you. you. What do you want to ask Will Dog? You saw him perform, and he's got big I'm one sixth of Ozo Motley. <laughs> he, he also gave him money today, and I don't think he split yeah, it with right. his Oh yes, right. I yeah. have how much our, money the, the how, only tip. How much do you get? We, we have one dollar, so we're going to split it sixteen point six 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 infinity uh, ways. So we get sixteen cents point six 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 six. Well, when, could you tell Daryl what El Gavacillo is? Gavaccio. Um, Gavaccio is uh, is uh, alter ego. is my alter ego. Um, is a alter ego uh, uh, who sings uh, Mexican music. And so now he has a lot of ego, is what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can you can you imagine a musician with ego? No way. <laughs> he's basically a circus performer. That's what What's your question? I can see one in your head. Dude. What's that? How do you know Spanish? Um. Well, actually, I'm still learning Spanish, but I, um, I'm getting more and more fluent as my life goes on, um, and I practice a lot. Uh, I started learning um, in Los Angeles. I grew up in a neighborhood where most of the people spoke Spanish, so um, I got comfortable with certain words, um, and... Uh, you know, as time went on, I, I started practicing more. And when I uh, thought, when I decided that I wanted to sing Spanish music, I started studying, and I, I got a few books, um, you know, from the bookstore that were like Spanish books, and um, you know, just did the lessons and just kept talking to people. Actually, um, you know, anytime you go into a store or you want to order food, and I had an opportunity to speak Spanish, I would just just start speaking Spanish. Do you want to say something in Spanish, Tim D? Say hello. I don't know how. Yes, you do. What do you say when you're in Mexico? Los avios de pesca están la cocina. Hola. Hola. What else do you want to say? Hola. ¿Cómo estás? Gracias. <laughs> de nada. De nada. What else you got, Dee? Mm. How about this? Could you guys tell Daryl about the message that uh, behind trees and or germs? Germs. The message behind germs. Well, it's two si- there's two messages in the song. Oh, real quick. Those are song titles, Daryl. Those are two different songs up there. You're making him really nervous now about trees. <laughs> it's like trees and germs, but I like trees. I can't climb oh, on geez. trees. There's germs. Ah. <laughs> yeah, germs. Well, germs can be good and bad. Germs can, they can make you sick. 
but at the same time, from germs we get penicillin, which can make you he- can heal you. So there's two sides to germs: the bad and the good, the hero and the villain. And then trees. Trees. Oh God, I, I don't even remember that song. Well, trees have so roots. We got about the roots. How they make oxygen. Remember oh, all yeah. that. That's right. Trees. We need trees. them. We need them. Yeah, that's basically it. Especially yeah. here in Atlanta. I mean, there's like a war on trees here in Atlanta. Oh, it seems. What's going on They're constantly thing? developing. Constantly oh, developing. Yeah, right. The city is like an that's amoeba expanded. that's growing. Why don't you go talk to my neighbor? He's really upset about trees right now. <laughs> oh, is this my property that. or your property? If the tree falls, I get a new deck. Ulysses loves trees. Yeah, especially when he's in Colorado. Yeah. yeah. He trees loves awesome. trees. What's your favorite type of tree, D? Uh, palm tree. Yeah, nice. dude, that's my son's favorite tree. Nice. Oh really? my god. I yes. have a palm tree right in front of my house. Oh, he. I have one right here. He goes Click. Do you see that? Where's my? Where's the he tree, Daryl? <laughs> you don't have a palm tree. It's right here in my hand. Look. Mm. <laughs> I don't feel any palm tree. <laughs> well, was that Saint Stephen tease in the middle of Hokey Pokey? That was unintentional, right? Hmm. You tease Saint Stephen during Hokey Pokey. That was by accident, right? That was a wrong note. That was a wrong note. No <laughs> such thing, man. Yeah. No such thing. So Daryl was asking about your outfits. What did you want to know about their outfits? Where are they sponsored? <laughs> no, no, we're not. We got them from an t- Italian mafioso in, uh, in New York. <laughs> yeah, Eastern European gangsters. <laughs> at an re- Italian <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> Bye. Hey, where are you I'll going? There, where are you going? You need something to drink? No. We're sponsored by Paisano. Say red wine. <laughs> Paisano's restaurant in New York City. I have water. Yeah, you're good. Where are you going? See what a diva. He just yeah. jumps into See, the interview and ego. Then All ego. All ego. <laughs> All right, Daryl. Last chance. We got to wrap up this portion. Do you have any last questions for these fine musicians and gentlemen? Yes. Go for it. Yeah. Um, why do they? You call the band Ozoma. That's actually a great question. Where does the name... I, I know that the, it's a Nuhati word, right? It's a Nawa word, which is like... Uh, it's a, Nawa, it's Nawa, like Nawa, an indigenous Nawa, Nawa. of uh, uh, the Aztec. You know what Ozomali is? It's a little monkey with a mohawk, and he's the god of dance. And that's him. The orchestrator of the jungle. Yeah. And it was the birth sign of a guy who's no longer even in the band. Yeah, yes. he's, he's not. No, it's the drummer. Yeah, what was his name? Anton. 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 But yeah, that's that's Ozo Motley's a monkey. How you mm. like that? Thank you. Thank you for thank coming you. to the show. I'm happy yeah, you thought we were pretty, 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 pretty good. Yeah, and thank you for really the song good. I did. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care. I like that. We're I like that. What your we're, favorite we're song really make is? That, we're gonna make that into a song. For Ooh, sure. you hear that, D? We are. Yeah, checks in the mail. Thinking homie. about it right now. And uh, that's uh, our address. My wife will go ahead and have you guys. All right, D. Can you give us one of your signature guitar sounds? How do you rock it out? Let me hear it. I don't. Yeah, you do. You hear <laughs> How's it go? Air guitar. Well, I play my electric guitar. Oh, yeah? A lot. What's it sound like? Mm. A regular electric guitar. <laughs> do I want to learn it? Mm. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I like electric guitar. Then you can. Yeah, I mean, you can get friends well, like that. Well, I'm also you know? still learning. <laughs> Meet it. women, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I'm still learning my instruments too. You know, still. It's endless, right? Yep, it never, never stops. stops. Never. Well, uh, what? How do you get better? What's that word again? 
Ew. Ew. Your breath. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how you get better, that by having good breath, folks. You heard it here first. That was the first. best part. That was the best part. <laughs> All right, scram, kids, scram. All right, thank you, Daryl. <laughs> Go Bruins. <laughs> We are here with Justin and Uli of Hey Ozumatli. Hello. Hello. The band has just put out an album, um, Nonstop Mexico to Jamaica. That is a refreshing, refreshing thing in an age where xenophobia has become repulsively trendy. This is a cross-cultural piece of work where they've taken Mexican songs and done them in various reggae styles, ska, dub, all different sorts. And um, I love that, it, that we're fans of improvisation on this show. And I love that the initial genesis of the song was basically you were improvising, right? You were performing yeah. a famous Mexican drinking song. Which one? Do you remember? Tragos Amargos. We, we, we play during cumbia um, in the middle of the song, like d- during the breakdown. We'll, we'll oftentimes just go into various songs. I mean, from pop to whatever, to Latin music. And one day, I think maybe we were playing in Las Vegas. Um, Will Dog started singing Tragos Amargos like, to the cumbia beat. So it's kind of interesting, and our fans reacted to it like immediately, because it's such a famous song. Like, and when you're drunk, that's the song you want to sing. <laughs> I remember the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's basically about well, not it's not about drinking, but it's it but is drinking songs song. though. Like that, I think that's kind of like you know, like you you said reggae. Right? I think reggae universal, right? I think drinking songs are universal, even though you know, yeah, I mean, the ole 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 is the same yeah. on yeah. that sense. Yeah. And it was produced by Sly and Robbie. And first of all, how did you guys uh, first meet them? Was it years years ago? Have you had a relationship with them? Yeah, I think it was like at festivals. We were playing different festivals, and we all grew up. We all grew up loving Sly and Robbie's production and musicianship and everything they've ever. You know, man, they're they're prolific. Is to say, you know, something about them. They've been so many recordings and. And so anyway, we were playing a bunch of festivals, and I remember what was a couple times where we played right before them. And stuck around and got to meet them and hang out with them. And then we ended up recording on their project, on their own record. Uh, I forgot the name of the song. You remember the name of the song? I, I don't um, remember. God, as you were saying. Yeah, it was a while ago. But we did something with them. And then when we got this idea that Justin, you know, of let's do like these old Mexican songs and do them in the reggae style, what really pushed it over the edge as far as wanting to do it was Sly and Robbie's involvement because it's like anybody can do a reggae record or attempt to try to get those sounds 
but with them at the helm it's a no-brainer like we we got to do it you know they're they're interested in it we, we did it and um there's quite a few songs where they're pl- actually playing on the tracks too so you hear their kind of like sonic signature can you give an example um what's the songs they played on well, i got well, I, got, I remember when we first when i first sent them the tracks like sly sent me sent me some stuff back i didn't know what he was going to send i had no idea because I, I didn't talk to him and then when I open the folder, it's like all his drum sounds, like all his syndromes oh, and like, like the whoop, 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 all that stuff. And that guy, that guy basically introduced that, that drum and that sound and that's that kind of style, that whoop, 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 that whole thing, like to reggae music. Huh. Can, like, it be a, can you get in a weird space thing. where you're like a collaborator but still sort of a fan? Yeah, that was like, whoa. It's like the guy, whoop, 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 all that like all that crazy like percussive like syndrome and weird like electronic drum stuff because he's kind of the guy that, that introduced all of that to, to Jamaican music that's interesting I didn't I didn't know that, I A didn't even think it. about that but so he's actually what I'm hearing though is on that is, and I'm curious more is he doing that and then taking some of your influence now on the uh, uh, on the Latin rhythms and whatnot and bringing it into that Caribbean and reggae I don't right? know possibly I, I didn't I mean um, did after the collaboration the, get like that at all no, or no no it didn't it didn't go that far but um yeah, I, th- I think he's. I mean, when we played the shows with them a long time ago, those festivals, like they were really into what we do, and you, you could tell like they're fans of all kinds of music because they've yeah. done production for so many artists. And Dylan, you know oh, who yeah, they geeked man, out on though? Do you, do you remember who they geeked out on? Where Sly and Robbie turned oh, into fanboys? Well, at that one festival, who was uh, that? Booker T. That's right. Oh. Yeah. They saw Booker oh. T. and were right. like. They started cheesing out. I we, get that. And it's funny because we had just worked with Booker T and we recorded uh, this show thing with Booker T where we were basically the MGs for Booker T. Mm, yeah. And we did, a, uh, I forgot what song it was, Melting Pot, I think, or I don't remember what Green song. Green Onion. We didn't do Green Onion, but we did one of those songs. And so when we walked up to Booker T and he was like, hey, what's up, fellas? You could tell, like, Rob is already like, oh, these guys know this guy. So wow. It's cool. Yes. Did they gaz him? Have you heard of that expression? Gaz him? That's What's a fish that? term. Gazel. When people come up to you and say, oh, you guys, you're awesome. You're oh, awesome. oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if they did that. Yeah, but you could tell, I could tell by the way their body language and them talking to each other, like, that's Booker T, yo. Like, that's pretty, it was pretty cool. Did they tell you any stories about Dylan or, or the Stones or Tosh or Marley? No. Any, nothing. Not, nothing. No, no, no. That you can share. No, not <laughs> You know what? It, we were so cheesing and about the whole opportunity. It's not like... And also, the other thing, too, unfortunately, was that we were supposed to go to Jamaica. And then something happened where we weren't able to go. Because then it turned the whole relationship into like, okay, we're just sending tracks to each other. you know. And he has this amazing engineer, Japanese guy, that Justin was always dealing with. you know. So, um, Yeah, their engineer is a, Jap- a guy that went to Jamaica. He's Japanese. He went to Jamaica, I think it was like 20, 25 years ago. He just hit them up. Like I don't, I think he just hit him up out of nowhere. I was like, I, I want to come and like just be around you guys, and just wa- wound up staying in Jamaica for the, his. Now he just lives there. So He's been that, living that, there for like twenty five years now. You know, so you guys are from uh, L A. and stuff. So you know, you've got like the white reggae. You know, the slightly stupid and dirty heads and all who that. Who are sort an influence of stuff. on this? Who are, who are part of this, right? Oh yeah, the, yeah. Um, Kyle, uh, slightly uh, Kyle. stupid Kyle from Slightly Stupid did our our version of La Bamba, yeah. and he really kind of like. He injected some real flavor into it because mm-hmm. honestly, like we were just talking about, like La Bamba was a song that w- I personally did not want to do just because it had been done so many times. But he injected some really cool vibe and thing, and 
But yo, to your what was so what was so the thing? yeah. The, so I'm just thinking like a Japanese reggae band and what that would be like. Well, there's tons oh, of them. Really? There's a huge yeah. There's yeah. this one called Dry and Heavy. They're a live dub band. I remember we've seen huh. them yeah. in Fuji Rock. And the there's a lot. There's what, a lot of ska, ska bands. Tokyo ska. Ska flames. Yeah, there's a lot of ska so, bands. In. Ska is huge in Japan. Five more minutes. All right, we'll do, we'll take ten. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, yeah. well, uh, um, but uh, no, but there's a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah. yeah. Reggae is a big, big, big yeah, thing huge, in Japan. Reggae, I mean, like they there. say, they say uh, music is the international language. For sure, reggae is the international well, language. Well, and you got to think what one of the more like bigger. I forgot what the name of the sound system, but there's this one Japanese guys that mm. are like they're like the reigning champs. Huh. So they know their shit. And then I mean, uh, well, on that note, too, is a uh, producer. Um, Steve Berlin, yeah, yeah. You oh, guys yeah. been doing stuff with him. Worked with Steve Berlin plenty of times, like. And the thing with Los Lobos, they're kind of like our uncles, musical uncles. Yeah. Where Santana's like our godfather. Uh-huh. They're our uncles because they, you know, we kind of, they're from our same neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. We grew up in the same areas, and we've had Steve Berlin produce us, and we also have had Davey Dalgo play on some tracks. Can you and talk he's a, a monster little bit about the, the the because we've we've interviewed Berlin and we uh, we and we're eventually going to put together an episode. Um, I love that guy. Right. But I'm curious on your just if you can share a little bit about what uh, what having him produce. Yeah, he's hands is. on, right? Yeah, his whole thing, remember, was bodies, bodies colliding. colliding. Yeah, colliding. He's like, bodies I want to hear bodies colliding, and we're like, what the hell does that mean? But what it meant was he wanted to do it in a certain way, kind of old school, where all of us were in a room recording and tr- tracking at the same time. No pro tools. No pro tools. No like, nothing. Yeah. Like doing it super old super school old. style, and and it was tedious, and it was like, uh, you know. Uh, taxing in certain ways, but it it produced a certain thing that I think he was looking for. Did it, do you feel there's a lingering effect that does change you and it has become part of your band? Um, well, I mean, working with Steve, of course, you know, and I mean, on the the songs he has produced and we've worked with him before, it's like they're great, you know. And I mean, he's a well. Lately, we've been take, actually been taking that approach. We're redoing. Well, this is the 22nd anniversary of the first album. 20th anniversary. 20th yeah, anniversary. We, we were sorry. trying to remember today yeah, of the first just album. Saying, like, yeah. you guys mean. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in your 40s, you know you got from a college and even yeah. four, so that's kind of yeah. And we'd love to talk. On that. We'd love to talk about the Vibe TV show and the, and the Santana tour, but we're running out of time. You guys have talked about that to death. What I some of the things I want to talk real badly. Two thousand. Oh, no, two thousand. You're invited <laughs> to the Democratic National Convention. Okay. At the time, the Lakers had just won the title, and okay. there had been riots. Yes. Okay. You knew you were being invited into a situation that could be hairy. Right. Yes. What was your decision point behind that? Was there any trepidation? And then okay, what, what was your experience? Here's the thing with that particular situation is that um, the Rage Against the Machine was going to play, right? And they obviously were a huge band at the time and obviously had a, a crazy you know, um, momentum going on, I think, too. And there was probably over 15,000 people out there, maybe 20 even. And we were like, dude, we should play before them. Hello, you know? And they, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was the promoters or the cops or whatever, they were like, no, Rage is going to play first. Boom. They play. They're out of there. They're out of there. You know, I see them jumping in the vans. They're out of there. We go on and we're thinking, okay, there's still tons of people. We're going to rock this show. We start playing one song in and the cops just shut it all down. Yeah. And then we got all tripped out. So we jumped into the crowd with our samba drums and we're like, all right, we're going to march with the people. And here's where it got crazy because 
the cops were like, all right, 20 minutes to clear the area. Oh. Now, a club of a thousand people takes longer to clear out than 20 minutes. So let alone thousands and thousands and thousands of people. So boom, they started tear gassing, rubber bulleting, all this stuff. And we just got caught in the middle of it. And some of that audio actually made it to our uh, um, second record called Embrace the Chaos. And there's a track with Common, self-titled, like Embrace the Chaos. And there's actual audio from the riot. Talk with the father of time, ask if I'm embracing it. I ought to waste it, my mind feel like I'm chasing it. Every day it gets harder, I author a plan, consult with the gods, cause I know they smarter than man. It's hypnotic, kind of chaotic, harbor the land through raw metals. Slick women cause us to dance, guess we all part of the dance in one way or another. The way a man beat his woman, feeling that he love her. The way five children get killed by their mother. Parts of the universe still to discover. The real uncover fate, whether love or hate, for revolution. Chaos we embrace say riot from the basically like the police attacking people yeah it was crazy <laughs> it they, was they basically got set it up they i think they had that was their intention the whole time was to it was like training for them right. because they had the whole thing like cordoned off like a prison yard almost they had like these high fences on every side then i think well they had some, there was a guy up on the top of the fence like throwing shit at the police right so i think i think the police actually planted that dude and like we're telling because they kept telling them like get off the gate get right. off the gate this motherfucker's just up there like and they didn't actually shit. go him up and get him off the right gate. right no. so it's almost like if you were at a football game yeah. and the random asshole that's in the front that starts and the then, wave I hate and, that guy and then, and then they're like okay fuck it the whole game's over everyone go oh, home yeah, you'd well, be like yeah, no yeah. fuck you get that guy out right you know but anyways yeah. um, and then they came in with horses like when we were trying yeah. to take people out there's motherfuckers coming in with like 20 horses uh, right like, like what are you gonna do like it was so nuts. the whole thing was that there was like Mayhem. people used to think that it was actually Rage Machine against the machine that got shut down and it wasn't it was Ozo Motley that got yeah. shut down and it, was crazy. and it was crazy and it was pretty intense and it and it shaped I think our just our you know at the time you know our trajectory of, of how we felt about a lot of things you know 
All right, and now this is building to something, but when and why did you get arrested in Austin? Um, that was a completely kind of different situation. So we were playing in, in <laughs> off of 6th Street, packed South by Southwest, South right? Southwest yeah, yeah. music capital of the world, right? Yeah. So we're rocking it, and the club is over capacity. The, the, the owner, we usually do our whole samba thing and we end in the crowd. And then the owner's like, hey, man, take this to the street, man, you know, we'll clear the club. Okay, you know, the, 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 the street itself is already closed off yeah, for pedestrians. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's like, okay, we start doing that and we're right at the, at, the, at the opening of the door. And this one cop is like, no, you go, guys, go back in right now. And we're like, what? And so here's... <laughs> Tons of people trying to get out. Yeah, Us right. stuck right there. And then, of course, again, overreaction where it's like um, things just got out of hand. And uh, Will Dog, Jiro, and our manager all got arrested. And um, the, I don't know if you know that band Ghostland Observatory. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. One absolutely. of those guys was in the jail with these guys and got <laughs> caught up in the sweep of it. And you're telling me you guys didn't have a new song come out of that? Come on. And and he got maced really bad. Yeah, That's what they said. I got yeah. maced once. And, uh, That's awful. And, do it again you know, it, 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 in some ways, we couldn't have bought that publicity because the yeah. very next day, oh, our, our, our name was like in the front page. Like There was all this controversy because it's like, here is a band playing music on the street in the music capital of the world, and they're going to try to... <laughs> Give us some ticky tack bullshit about us noise yeah, curfew. Noise or, yeah, or, the, uh, or during noise South by Southwest. Yeah. That's the best. I mean, that's and they, and so there was this <laughs> whole thing where amongst themselves, even in the city, because they were trying to pop our our, our guy Jiro for for assaulting a police officer yeah. in Texas, dude. That's years in jail. Yeah. So thankfully, we had a lawyer, and thankfully there was a, a big controversy and there was all these people that had our backs about it and there was people even in the city that wanted to publicly apologize and then there were other people like what they broke the law you know it it, it, it was a mess yeah. but and at the end of the day it was like amazing publicity you know how they say no, no even bad publicity and we were the talk of that particular south by southwest and then george lopez introduces you the next time you perform can you tell my listeners how he introduced you do you remember this is a band that didn't know that that this this set would be a form of community service. I think. Oh, oh I don't remember oh, that joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the other funny thing about it. So the governor of you get arrested in Texas. The governor of Texas becomes the president of the United States, and next thing you know, you're invited by the U.S. cultural ambassador to oh, be, yeah. take part in the cultural ambassador program. Yeah. Were you I, surprised? After very that? surprised because at first they're like, I was like, Do you really want us? And, you know, I remember Justin was like, I don't know about this, right, Justin? Yes, uh, yes. Like, yes. I don't know, do we want to be like puppets and all this thing? And and then the, the interesting thing is that it definitely gave us this experience where we realized, especially with the Foreign Service, that not everybody's on the same page about a lot of shit, man. You know, and, and I think especially there was some hippies up in there that were like, let's get Ozo Motley to do some of this cultural ambassador work. And we were like... I don't know. I don't know. So, our, but in the end, we got to play places that no bands ever go to, like straight up so Mongolia. We were Mongol. Yeah, like the only other band that someone told me was in '84. The Scorpions had played there in the same place. Scorpions. We, Scorpions. And then when we played Kathmandu, there were like no American band has played here. I couldn't. Find, I couldn't believe that. I don't know if it's true or not. But we played. You would think that at least they had had some jazz cats play or there. somebody or. 
all those like you know um 60s musicians yes, 70s musicians yes, yes. smoking hash up there in the mountains somebody must have played for somebody out maybe there maybe cat stevens maybe i don't know <laughs> but 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 well, nobody knew who the hell we were in katmandu but there was like 15,000 people that showed up to watch us play. and is that That's how amazing up, is that how you end wow. up in a festival in china um that's that, called good booking i'm trying to think yeah. if the, there was one that's trip, a tough there was one trip that we did that was connected to that but then there was another trip that we did to china that wasn't connected at all to that so but i have to ask you about niger because i'm about to interview tal tal national have you heard of them from niger we've never been no, to niger we've never been oh there. you haven't no, no. oops well yeah. Yeah. africa wise we've only been to tunisia as... egypt and south, south africa, africa madagascar and india India, yes, India, what is and that like? Oh man, yeah. it's all another world, bro. I mean, that's got to be really <laughs> different. Oh yeah, it's it's. it's and don't shake their left hands. That's Indonesia. Is India, India the same? Yeah. I think Delhi uh, belly, Delhi belly. Everybody's gonna get it at some point when you go there. Well, it was uh, a, it was like, um, okay, Delhi India belly. was super super intense because obviously it's such an amazingly old culture, off the bat, you know. Um, so many of the world religions came from that place, you know, so it's obviously influential. And then at the same time, um, we saw like a, a, a certain level of economic disparity that was like, bam, it really hits you hard. You know, sometimes you're like, dang, you'd go to one neighborhood and it would be super ultra rich where they have a hello port, you know, mm-hmm. then you go to somewhere else where they it's obviously that. We went to like old Delhi and played in like um, orphanages and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So that type of thing is well, like to, it, to see the caste system and to, to see it. And uh, it's one thing to read about it in a book, but to see how that actually plays I out. I mean, just all around and 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 it, you know, um, and it's it's. It, but at the same time, you know, you, you're taking it all in. You're yeah. taking it all in. You know, and then and then the roads. Remember driving around in India? The, oh man, this it was scary, scary dude. Man. Like the roads. The free, what, it's just if you this want weird, to the, like vein, you know. Well, it, okay, it's like there's there's probably laws about driving, but it feels like they're more like suggestions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and everybody's honking honking the whole time, like just all the time. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's intense. Basically, but we had great honk, people honk just to tell you that they're like up, coming up on you. Like that's it. And and, and you know, Jiro, he studied classical Indian music in college. Oh, so okay. one of the cooler like moments was when we went to this one particular orphanage and they had a music uh, uh, class going on. So they're all playing tabla and we walk in, you know, and they're probably never seen a group of us, you know, the types. And then Jiro just starts sitting down and jamming with them. And it was just like this instant like, wow. oh, wow, like he knows our shit. Okay, and we are communicating thing. in yeah. a common language. So that was really cool. Maybe one of the greatest things about music. Uh, Truly. Yes, absolutely. Can we language. bring it all back home? Because the, the Los Angeles Dodgers like their song Magnolia Soul. And then they asked you to rewrite it. To yeah, go, we go just to... basically put different words to big up the Dodgers one season. That was a while ago, though. But then more recently, you wrote a song. And I'm wondering if you had any trepidation. It's called Can't Stop the Blue. Was there any hesitation writing a song that a team can't be stopped that hasn't won the World Series in 30 years? <laughs> you know, we were really close not too long ago, bro. And it was kind of heartbreaking. Last year, it was man. Right on the cusp, and man. let me tell you, it was a great series, you know? It and was. yeah, you're right, man. We goddamn deserve a series by now. But, uh, but then, I mean, that's, you know, I'm not that kind of guy where um, 
I don't get super butt hurt when my sports teams. It's like fuck it, you know. Right. He does. Well, I get more excited when they do win. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. There's people like I saw when the Dodgers lost. Uh, yeah. They were fucking depressed, man. Yeah. They were depressed. I feel like people. sports is one of the things in the w- world, kind of like music, where you can manipulate it where it can only bring you up. You're listening to sports radio. No, but it's with. true. <laughs> that's that's the way to do it. I mean, if your team's undefeated and, and they go eighteen and one, okay, that's one thing. Right. Who's but, your Who's your team? Uh, Patriots and Falcons. Look at him. What oh, do you mean? Who's this team? Patriots. He's, I what, mean, just um, yeah, yeah, the girth. <laughs> <laughs> Patriots. Um, well, oh, man. I know you guys got to go. So yes, the yeah, future. Gotta... What's next? Yeah, what's next? Po- obviously something political. I mean, that goes without. Well, question. let me let me since you brought that up. Uh-huh. One of the things that frustrated me in re- researching this is all these people talk about their politics as if they're politicians. I think you're conscious people, and artists write and perform about what they're conscious of. I don't see you as like overtly going out of your way to be political. No, and we try not to be. You know what I'm saying? We're not like on stage trying to throw out like the party party line or dogmas or any sort. It's more like an, a philosophy of inclusion, you know, a philosophy of like um, the, some of the most beautiful things in human history was when, you know, cultures blend and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we have our own individual political opinions. And the thing is, is that when they agree on certain things, that's when we support, you know. Mm-hmm. So if we all agree that music education is important, awesome. Mm-hmm. If we all agree that, you know, um, whatever, you know, uh, but I do know healthcare, that- women's rights, you name it. You know, like if we all feel like it's something that resonates with us, you know. But you homeless guys, is you a guys huge have, problem in L.A. You're doing a great job of registering voters at every uh, show, it looks like, that thank you guys you are doing. That. So thank you for that. I noticed also that you always have that um, table set to the left side of the venue. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> oh, just kidding. Come on. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's the thing, you know, um, um, I think that there is a, a very, very toxic climate going on in the country right now. You think? Where, where yes, of course. And, but, but in the sense of like um, um, ideologies and it, it, it's become like sports, man. You know, even like when your team fucking sucks and it's obvious that you're shit, but you're going to fucking support them no matter what. But you know? part, social media be part of that? People don't want to be wrong. People oh, don't want to sure. yeah. yeah. be exposed well, to be wrong. Well, they yeah. think more about their party than their country. But yeah, then but that's just confirmation bias in general, and that's a human condition because we mm-hmm. all kind of do that. We try to look for things that, that resonate and confirm our, our beliefs as right. But, so but it's what kind you of said, that, though, you know, makes a lot of sense, and I think that that's something that's not being said a lot is – Find that middle. Like, what do we care about? Forget what we don't agree on. What do we agree on? Right. Let's work right. on that yes. shit. And I don't know Start why that message. And here's the other thing. Needs to and be here's put the out other more. thing is that I see. You know, obviously, my family is kind of lefty. Whatever's you know, and I grew up with that. But at the same time, I I'm not bound to ideologies and ideas like no man you know uh, you know everybody's right everybody's wrong with certain things and i think we we got to figure out exactly that is yeah. like the things that kind of resonate in us where we all can agree you know and we all don't want to be the, shot the problem up. is is though is that, that you know the problem is is though is that sometimes exactly that with the advent of fake news uh, sometimes facts and reason are thrown out the door, and and yeah. it's and it's fucked up, you know. Well, because sometimes we, you, on both sides, I see it, you know, with certain issues. Oh, absolutely, you know. So, um, well, but you know, the fake news isn't shocking to me. I mean, pop music was fake music for a while too, so I get it. No, and no, fake news has been around forever, of course. Right. And that's not, that just kind of kind of came out for this last election. Yeah. Sorry, fake news, fake news. You know, but it's not for, fake news. It's called Fox News. Come on. But you know, well, the part of it too is that fake, fake news on both sides. Well, yeah, that's the thing. True. Fake news that. right is when that. it doesn't agree with you, yeah, right? That's right. That's right. 
So I mean, I, nah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm fucking. I do. I watch and I listen to news from all around the world, and I watch, you know, all the fucking channels. So I'm not on that, that whole well, shit, you know. Speaking Spanish has got to be. Uh, it, it, not just Spanish. It's being the ability to understand other languages has got to be such a great tool because then you can hear things and and coming from a whole other right, place. Right. And that's the thing is that see, um, you see from the outside. I understand you know? some of the fears that that certain people have about like yeah, like English only man, our fucking country's changing man. Well, hello, motherfucker, the shit's always going to change. It's called the fucking and, melting pot. And, it, Shut and up. it's also it's called it's called the progression of how things go. You know, yeah. every, everything's going to change. You know, and it's almost like if I invaded China, like especially for California and Arizona, it's like if I invaded China and I and all of a sudden I complain about the Chinese there. You know, it's like, for, you know, especially in Arizona, Texas, and Mexico. I mean, yeah, in California, yeah, California, that was all Mexico's one yeah. time. Uh, my analogy is people move near an amphitheater and start complaining about the noise. Exactly. Ah. Oh, it kills me. There's a, there's, a, there's a real famous band called Aslan Underground. They had a real funny quote that he said, uh, we didn't cross the borders. The borders crossed us. So um, I think in a lot of ways, you know... Um, uh, the, 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 the monkey show, the, the shit show, the dumpster fire that's going on in a lot of ways is, is not good for the country. I really think that um, uh, hopefully I think we're going to hopefully progress from this kind of fucking thing because I have left wing friends. Yeah. I have some right wing friends. Shit. I got to hear that shit yeah. all day. And I argue with both of them all the fucking time, you know, because I think, you know, um, that's what it's going to take, you know? You can eat. Listen, I like my sandwich. It's all about the meat in the middle, but I like a little wheat bread on the top and white bread on the bottom. Oh, wow. Just saying. That. You know? that. <laughs> Mixing it up, huh? <laughs> so I want to thank hey, you guys so much. Can we get from Justin? Yeah. What's up? What would the next record, what would the next Ozo Motley move be if it was up to you? Um, well, the next, well, what we're working on currently is a project with Charlie and uh, Cut Chemist. Oh, the really? Who wow. yeah. used to be in, in your in the group, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're kind of rejoining the yeah, band. Yeah, rejoining the oh, band. Oh, welcome so, back. Awesome. Yeah, so we're going to, we're hopefully by September have some new material. And right now we're redoing all the songs from the first album, but mm. li- we're all, do- we're doing them live in different studios around LA. And so. let's end with this. Stevie Wonder, how did you meet him? How did that go collaborating with him? Meeting Stevie Wonder, well, my dad, who is a music, he's, he's been a musician his whole life, knows Stevie Wonder, has done multiple sessions with Stevie Wonder. So I, I know Stevie from that, from that side. But the band, how, how, did, how did the band meet, meet Stevie? We've, I wonder. Uh, I'm trying to I remember, don't. well, how, we, how did we end up jamming with yeah. Stevie? Yeah. Okay, okay, we were part of this thing with our friend Josh Kuhn, who's a professor at USC and a writer. And he had this thing where he was getting all these songs from California, old songs from the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, because different communities would have these songs. And one of them like, uh, was actually used for like a, not too long ago for like some car company, I remember, an old California song. Anyways, they wanted us to pick certain songs and reinterpret them and get local LA people... Um, musicians to jam with us there was this whole thing is you know let's get stevie here because he had that song la la land yeah. right yeah. and let's get stevie to do this song with us la, you know and, and it was always like he's not going to be there he's going to be there he's not going to be there he's going to be there he's got to finally the day of the show we thought stevie's not going to be here you know some guy just randomly shows up and just starts setting up a keyboard. And we're like, who the fuck is this? And he's like, oh, yeah, Stevie's going to be here. We're oh like, oh, God. shit. <laughs> so next thing you know, boom, that, sh- that night he shows up. We end up jamming that song. We end up jamming one of our songs with him. Oh. And then from, you know, it was great. I mean, 
And you know, but then again, though, if you go to a Nam show in LA, the, the yeah, yeah. you know the music convention, Stevie's always around, walking yeah. around, jamming with everybody. Oh, wow. He's just like yeah. that kind of guy. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time, guys. Just floored really me. Appreciate it. Yeah, Thank we you guys. You gotta go. I gotta go. Everybody's gotta go. Uh, Everybody's I do want to say though, I really love what you're doing musically, current with with your current project. I love the Ozo Kids, and I really am excited about this next tour where you guys are doing nursing homes for the Ozo Grand. So, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, dude. No shit. I'm thinking about that. Like, are you serious? Playing for convalescent homes and yeah. things like that because be they're nice to do. You know, they seriously, like they, they, they need music. They, they, need, they need to be. They no, need to know that they're outside. You know, and and the first time, not the first time I saw. But the first time I saw you when you came into the crowd, oh, just yeah. knocked. And I see a lot. I've been seeing shows a long, long time. It's not easy to knock me out. Totally knocked me out. It was so yeah. joyous. And you, you talk about breaking down walls. Life. Yeah. You really would. You would give people weeks. Uh, you would add weeks to their life. For sure. Absolutely. Well, Thanks, thank guys. You. Thank you. There it was, um, that 2000 convention, quite the story. And I just want to thank everybody for listening. Right on, Daryl, thanks. Yeah, for those who do like Daryl and his interviews, please check out, go to soundcloud.com, check out the Daryl podcast. I will put it in the liner notes of this episode. And for those of you who are annoyed when people shoehorn their children and everything, again, this is because Oza Motley had a kid's tour. We're not going to be... We know how obnoxious that can be when people put their kids... We don't want to be like Kathy Lee Gifford over here or anything like that. But I thought Daryl did a really good job, and his podcast is cool, and I love the kid. He's a great kid, and I want him to keep playing cello. I actually... He talked about the cello in this most recent episode we did yesterday, and then he's got his own YouTube channel, which I just found out, and (laughs) um, he's posting like all on his own, not scripted stuff, and he's putting on some of the songs he's learning. So I put a little clip from one of his most recent ones in there. So it's kind of cool. Like I was talking to Daryl the other day and you know, he's five now and he's been recording for almost two years. So it's like this log, you know, every couple of months, just kind of checking in his vocab. You can hear the difference in his vocabulary in his timing, his comedic timing is amazing, by the way. I think by the time he's seven, I'm going to want to replace you with him, basically. If he knows how to not interrupt interviews and let the light stay shining. He's shine, my son. He's going to... Keep the light shining on the... He's going to railroad you, Robert. Keep shining the light on the guests, not lame comedy. But um, one thing to remember is that we are part of... Osiris. The Osiris Network. That is right. The Osiris Podcast Network. Go ahead, Seth. And if you haven't checked it out, go to Osiris Podcast Network on YouTube. There are several different episodes from the couch stores they're doing, uh, couch series stuff, talking about fish, a lot of fish stuff. But also, there's some footage from High Sierra. 
uh, some coverage that some of our fellow podcasters. Floyd Fest. Really good question Floyd to Fest. Richard Thompson of Floyd Fest. I think that was might be on the pond boys, of and course. And then, of course, uh, your WTNS boys at Electric Forest. And most recently, uh, right now, you can go out and check out Natalie Kressman, the interview we did with Natalie Kressman from Kressman from uh, Trey Band. And from, the and from her band. band. Yeah. She does all kinds She's of stuff. Killing She's killing it. Amazing. Um, the Guitar Cast just put out a great new episode. And uh, I want to thank Live for Live Music for giving us... Some great support. We appreciate that. Our former partners. That didn't work out, but they're still we're still supporters of each other. Um, Scott Bernstein also reached out and, and shined a light from on our Jam channel. Base. And I want to thank um, I want to thank Rob for his time and effort that he's been saying this because he just royally pissed me off this week with his. I want to explain I, shit over and over again. I relics the info that you give us, Rob. I meant relish. Excuse me. Relish. Freud, Freudian What's Freudian relish? slip. Freudian slip. Oh, the magazine thing. Um, are they still? Uh, they are. I think it's uh, forty years. There's something like there's, there's a promotion going on right now about forty years. I think is it forty they, years? They lost subscribers a few years ago. They went and offered free subscriptions, and then people who are already existing subscribers went to them and said, "Well, what are you doing? Can I get a few for free?" And they said no, and they lost subscribers. <laughs> Did you know that? I know some of them personally. Yeah, yourself. Look at them. No, I should get them for free. Come on, I'm pressed. Well, you but know I what? Though? No, I, I write for them. And I don't I was get say, it. That's how you get paid. Is so I'll give you a free subscription. Yeah, that's about the same as twenty five dollars they give you. Well, Which, when I, all, I the, think all the time you put into an interview to I mean to a review to do it correctly, it breaks down about seventy five cents. I do appreciate Dean listening, though. He saw that I listened to an episode recently, and I want to thank you, Dean, for listening. And uh, what else we got going on? I'm, I'm headed up north. I'm headed to Providence uh, to the New Bedford Whaling Museum. I'll have more on that in a future episode. But um, I'm going to Chicago, to baby. I, I may see Amanda Shires in Richmond on the way up. My old I may go to the Chicago Cubs. Oh, really? I might you, go see the Cubs. Have you been to Wrigley? I don't think I'm going back to Wrigley, but it's a wonderful place. I might go back. I might go there. Because Benley lives right there. And I'm going up there for I'm, the, I'm a auctioneer. You're a auctioneer, as you know. And I'm available. Um, but I'm doing an auction. I got I got a gig up there. I'm coming up to Chicago, partnering with some other local auctioneers there. Because it's a whole license thing. It's kind of interesting. I can't just go to Chicago and do an auction. I got to, right. even though it's a benefit. I mean, I could. I'm looking know, forward, I'm looking forward to your auctioneering will... podcast where you can talk about stuff like that. But the two nights at Wrigley Field I went, the first night had field seats. It was easy to get You're in and get out. to Sports Radio with Rob Turner. It was a dead show. It was Wrigley Field. It was a baseball stadium. It was a music event. <laughs> wow. And it's a foul ball. Yeah, Seth just likes to shoehorn, you know, boilerplate stuff anytime he can, rather than think, Happy New Year's. Happy <laughs> but it was a study in contrast. I had field seats the first night, went in, easy to get in, had a great time right up front. Second night, couldn't use the field entrance. Took them forever to get people in. Missed two songs. Found out my dad died during the second set. You want to talk about a study in contrast? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gesticulating. Talk about it, Rob. Talk about it. Yes. Yeah, so we, 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 and actually, you can go back to episode. You're talking about your dad. No, keep talking, actually. No, and the, so this trip. But no, please. Well, this trip is going to be to honor him. I'll have more to say about him afterwards because this museum is really fun. It was like scrimshaw and whaling, the old school, not not current because it's not cool anymore because of for various reasons I won't get into. But that was like his Grateful Dead, that whole world, you know, scrimshaw. And this museum, he he devoted a lot of money and time to, and was on their board and all that kind of stuff. And um, I'll have more information when I get back. But I'm going to hustle back and see if the board, milk carton kids. If August. the board members are listening, though, because they, you know. 
find this episode because of that. They can contact me, your rock chenier. I'm more than happy to do a benefit oh, for them. I <laughs> see that. Come on, that's comedy, Rob. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank Jesus you for- died for your sins. My dad died to get Seth work. Thanks for listening, everybody. Tune in. Uh, next next episode is going to be Matt Butler from Everyone Orchestra. And from there and on, we've got some stuff in the pipeline. I don't know what it is because I'm gone all the time. But. We've got something coming Friday. I don't want to talk about it, but uh, but uh, we have hinted at it with the oh. String Dusters and Salmon. Yeah. Um, we might have something coming up with Talk. And I might be going to the Marcus King family reunion seth is trying to talk me into it and it's certainly like, rob just go i'm not okay. gonna pay you just go it is a great <laughs> it is a great bill um it's amazing dude rob, dude marcus is marcus is really killing it right now if i can get an engineer wow that was weird i know i passed my hiccup to you that was wow. really weird like we're so connected oh my god oh my god oh my god we're all synced up oh my god when do you, <laughs> when do you do for your when you get your friend oh my god that's just because it's a I'm not as fat as you, but I'm almost there. I'm the only one that gets divorced and gains weight. Yeah, I've lost weight since. But I feel so lighter. I feel so much lighter. It's the weirdest. But even thing. at my fattest, I'm still more athletic than you. You can't. You walked up the stairs and we're out of breath. No, I'm a very athletic fat guy. You'd be hard pressed to find a more okay, athletic okay. fat guy. Okay. Uh, on that note, when I first got Daryl, like Terry Forster over here. Speaking of Daryl, when I first got Daryl, got him. Yeah. Because he's adopted. Need him, need him, need him, got him. Yeah. And uh, Rob's like, oh, hey, Daryl, I'm Coach Rob. I'm going to be Coach Rob. You just call me Coach Rob. Oh, you're going to bring that up now. Yeah. He, so Coach Rob gets Daryl a, a baseball glove and, a, you know, a mitt and a baseball. Nice one. Tie-dye one. Pretty cool. Soft one is great. Love it. But Daryl, for years, for the last three years, is like, I don't understand. Why does Coach Rob not play sports Because your soon-to-be ex-wife never made me feel welcome over the house unless you're having a party. That's why. And then we had yeah, to. There was plenty of time. But when, of course, I went through, when I went through my divorce, there was plenty of time I could have been over there, and I was not. It was made pretty clear that it wasn't a place to we go. We didn't invite you on Facebook. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said I'm sorry. I don't mind. It's just don't turn around and say that. Oh, you're not coach Rob to my son. I was like, well, I would have been glad to. You always are welcome to coach. <laughs> now that you're here, it'll be easier. It's unfortunate you got divorced. But you don't play tennis. You but say. good things come out of divorce. Believe me. I, I, at the time, I thought divorce sucked. And it's, it's you've like the greatest how, thing of this decade. And you've so gotten far. laid how many times since you got divorced? <laughs> this is the only ones that I know of. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. And please, uh, Mar- oh wait, we had a question. We Mar- had a question. Marcus King, though, if you're interested, episode forty three, we did an episode on him. If you want to, you know, check it out. His family reunion is coming up. Uh, Pisca Brewing Company first weekend in October. Go ahead, sorry. And no, don't be sorry. Uh, we, Rob and I have a question for our listeners. Oh, and, right. And I've got a poster. We'll no, I've this. got a photo. I've got a photo of, I don't know, a band. Let's just say that because I don't know which one I have. But um, we will we'll hook you up with some cool swag. I'll find out what band. We're just asking our opinion. I want their. I want to pick a winner. A so we we want to know. All right, you wash glasses, right? Like you just stare at them? You wash your glasses. I wash. I think you said watch. You wash your glasses that you use in your in your kitchen. When you put them away in your cupboard, and, and I don't want you fancy people who can hang them upside down because that's ideal, but most of us don't have that luxury. Do you put them down with the drinking side down or the drinking side up? So in other words, the rim that you put your lips on, is it touching something or is it facing up? Now, we are going to end... With some Ozo Motley here. First song I know, I chose because I know it from Los Lobos. And no, I'm not playing La Bamba because it's overplayed. And that is on, there is a very cool version of that on this release. And if you like 
Los Lobos, please check out the Steve Berlin episode. So many artists that we've interviewed talk about Steve. We got to do a little special thing about Steve. Berlin. I know you. You'll hear in this interview they start to talk about David Hidalgo and you interrupt him. But we go, we move on to Steve Berlin at least. But David Hidalgo is like my hero, and I never got back to that. But Volver Volver is the oh. song. And Los Lobos used to crush it, and it was really cool to see it on this record, and I love this version. And then we have a couple songs from the Ozo Motley's great, great Live at Fillmore album. So take us there, Seth. I'll take you there. Oh, take you there. Este amor apasionado anda todo alborotado. Por volver, voy camino a la locura y aunque todo me tortura, sé querer. Nos dejamos. goes out to all the people that are parents of immigrants and all the people that came to this country expecting the promised land but it's not always the way you think it's gonna be 
Nothing just to get what you want I said I 